1: Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much. Um, I have to tell you, I'm excited about this next guest. Um, I've been excited about all of them tonight. I think Jonathan Law has done a great job. This week, Ramsey County started what they hope will be a new place to keep the area clear of hazardous materials. (laughs) The groundbreaking ceremony is only the beginning for the proposed multimillion-dollar facility that will become a one-stop shop for disposal and recycling. Now, County Public Health Deputy Director Ray Eaton-Frank joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline to talk about the upcoming facility and how it will help the community. Hello, Ray. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, and
1: I apologize for that mistake. My goodness, you turn one page and you totally forget yourself.
2: (laughs) There you go. This is a well, billion is excited to have me here, so I'm, I'm excited to be here.:
1: Yeah, glad you joined us. Okay, Ramsey County breaks ground on new one-stop shop for disposal and recycling in Roseville. First of all, we've been trying our best. I know at, at my mother's house, she loves the recycling, you know that you keep on the refrigerator, the magnet, you know, so that you know what to put in and where to put it and that sort of thing. The nice thing about it is that that is constantly changing and getting better. Um, and I don't know if what we're talking about tonight is the one thing that we we are hearing more about, but I'm so excited that we know that it's going to be better uh, for disposal and recycling in Roseville specifically. How did it come to be Roseville?
2: Yeah, well, thank you. Um, and I just, the, the the facility that we are currently, um, that we broke ground for this past week, the Environmental Service Center is located in Roseville, but it is a site for the entire county. It's um, a site that'll be in a facility that'll be available for for all Ramsey County um, residents. So we want to be really clear and welcoming to all of our residents in in Ramsey County. Um, The site that we chose uh, actually came after an extensive search with a real estate uh, firm, actually. We looked all over the um, county. We also did some community engagement with our residents and asked, "What's your drive time? The maximum drive time you'd want to go to reach this facility?" And uh, the location that we found it—it it actually is a site that the county already owned and it's, um, has been used for years for our property, our public works department. Um, but it's a large site that has room for growth and building um, a facility. So. That's how we landed there. It's within about 10, 15 minutes drive of all our residents. And uh, this initiative is part of a larger county initiative called Enhancing Environmental Health Services.
1: Well, I tell you, the growth of the land, um, you know, making sure that we have the land to be able to process all of this really means a lot. That's kind of like one of the number one things for me. Am I putting too much in for recycling? Am I? Are there other things that I can do instead of, you know, giving a whole lot more um, that maybe other people are giving a whole lot more to? And it fills up so fast, it seems. Do you agree?
2: Yes. Yes, I think that what we're hoping with the um, Environmental Service Center is that it will be a one-stop shop um, or a one-stop location, really, for folks to be able to recycle some of the hard-to-recycle items. Um, The the main um, uh, emphasis behind this facility is to expand on our services that we currently offer at Bay West on Empire Drive in St. Paul, which is our household hazardous waste collection site. So this um, new environmental service center will continue to collect household hazardous waste, which is your paints, your um, uh, house cleaning chemicals, your yard uh, sort of your pesticides and and herbicides, things that are used in the yard um, for gardening, and um, and will expand on those services that are currently offered at Bay West uh, to make it more convenient for residents.
1: Right, and this new environmental service center. Um, like you said, located in Roseville, it is already open?
2: No, the facility that's currently open is um, what is called Bay West, and it's on Empire Drive in St. Paul. That's where we currently accept household hazardous waste. We have a reuse room where residents can come and pick up items that are still in um, conditions that can be used, so a lot of paint comes um, in and out of there. So that's the current facility. When the new facility is open, the one that we did the groundbreaking for at 1700 Kent Street, um, we're looking at an anticipated opening date in 2025. The facility at uh, Bay West on Empire Drive in St. Paul will close, and all of those services plus expanded services will open at the new facility in Roseville.
1: It is quite remarkable. It's something that we needed. Um, I know when I see... Uh, the recycling being picked up, I get very frustrated. It feels as though I'm not doing enough. So if people wanted to know, how can we continue to do more uh, to make sure that the recycling is done well, to make sure that it's in the proper um, locations? um, Are all of the locations accepting the same thing, or or are there some changes in that?
2: So the residential pickup will still be the same. um, And if you're uh, for residents who are looking for more information about that, one of uh, a very good website is the com, okay. um, where residents can go on and uh, get information about what can be recycled at the curbside, what can go in the bin, what shouldn't go in the bin, that type of thing. Um, and then as far as at the facility, um, we will be um, part of what will happen at the Environmental Service Center. will be some educational opportunities for the community. So we're hoping this is a space where people can come in and we'll have our fix-it clinics where um, residents can come and get items fixed so that they don't have to be put in the trash. A lot of people bring in fans, um, vacuum cleaners, and uh, they need pretty simple fixes, but things that people might not necessarily have the resources or the know-how how how to do. So that's a service that we currently do at rotating locations throughout the county and now will be centralized. Um, when the Environmental Service Center opens, we'll have a, a location for the fix-it clinics. Um, we'll also do community education. We will have um, gardens outside that will give people um, opportunities to um, for education around native gardens, pollinator gardens, butterfly gardens, that type of thing. So in addition to the recycling, it's a, it's a full environmental uh, center.
1: Which I think is awesome, by the way. Well done. Um, it, it's amazing to me how much recycling we really do need to put out. And as you watch it, watch us putting it out, it's got to be a little frustrating from time to time because it doesn't seem as though we are really making a dent in it all, right? Um, The recycling places that we've had before that have been around for a long time has been really good to us, and we just keep putting it in. However, I get confused with certain things that we can't do anymore. Um, With this particular new this new. Movement is what I want to say because I want more <laughs> of it. Seriously, yes. I want us to have yes. more of it. Um, I'm just curious to know how is it that we will know the changes that may happen with this one, right? Um, maybe all of a sudden you'll find that there's something else you need to do or something else you need to change. Will we get keep getting the information over and over again? Because a lot of times I get the recycling information um, through the mail, and that's all yes. I ever get at the house. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I want more yes. information. So how do we get that? Yes.
2: So again, uh, Recycles dot com Recycle. is a really great. Yep. Um, getting uh, signing up on our Gub delivery, which you can sign up um, at Ramsey uh, Ramsey County. Uh, there's an a environmental newsletter that we send out um, every, I don't know if it, it was every month. I think it's a little bit um, further spaced out now. But um, there are opportunities to get on, on that e-list so that you're getting things into your email box. Um, we do have a page. Ramsey County has a page on Facebook uh, as well as other social media platforms. And um, there are uh, updates on those pages as well about what um, the, the Environmental Service Center and the other recycling opportunities. Um, and then we also have a, a 633-EASY, uh, 651-633-EASY, which is a hotline, on, answer 24-7, that people can call in with questions. So if you're wondering about what can go in the recycling or have any other kind of questions about our services, um, you can either call 651 651- uh, 633-EASY or um, send an email to askeh at Ramsey County.
1: So then the question... So a couple different opportunities, yeah. Right, a whole different opportunity. Now the cost for this center was $29.7 million. Do you think you'll need to add on to that sooner than later?
2: The cost, yeah, the, the budget for the facility yes. um, and what the board approved was to $29.7 and that's for the entire... Uh, the design and the building of the facility Um, and then as far as this question like adding on to the budget or adding on to the building
1: Adding on to the building, um, it's it's if this is going to happen and it stays there for a long time. I mean, I go back and I look at recycling. I've been doing it for so long mm. since my mm-hmm. first house in 1980, you know, and you have to yes. go and find these places. And a lot of them are still in place, which is very exciting. Are you looking to see or, or to create more of these or you feel like we have enough?
2: Well, the, the center is being designed with the opportunity that if we are looking for expansion in the future, we'll be able to do that. Okay. Um, and, and I know there are lots of things. We've done several sessions of community engagement and listened to community and heard um, from our residents about what people want at these facilities. And we know that people really want a more extensive reuse opportunity We've had community um, really asking for um, building reuse, so a place that if you're doing any type of deconstruction or construction on your home, that you can take materials um, and and get materials. So we've heard a lot of things and great ideas from residents, and some things we're not going to initially be able to when we open our doors in 2025. So, yes, I see there is room for expansion and growth.
1: I just think it's remarkable. We need to do it, and we're doing it. I mean, thank you so much for leading us with this and making sure that we all know about what is happening. Of course, you can always go to com. I want to make sure I have that correct, com. if you want more information. And if people want to go by and just see it and, and maybe get a pamphlet, can they give us a pamphlet that may update us on uh, what can be – um uh, put in, in, in that particular location uh, where we can place things, make sure that we are on top of it. Because so some people, I've actually had uh, some younger people say, oh, yeah, I get that recycle thing. I just throw it away. You know, I figure it's yes. going to just go.
2: <laughs> just, oh, <laughs> I'm glad to hear. I'm excited to hear that you you look for it in the mail, as I do too, and that um, it sounds like maybe you have some family members who put that up on their fridge, which as I do, I take it. Yeah. It's my green guide, and I put it up on the fridge with a magnet and oh, yeah. it throughout the year. It's there. Um, cities it- also have information and send out mailers, um, so that's something to look for okay, um, as well because the individual cities also have. There are some nuances and differences city, city by city, and so um, look for those mailings and information that comes out from your cities as well. I
1: look forward to it every year. Jill Alberg-Yo, thank you so much for joining us, the co curator of the exhibit Um, this is really I keep getting this wrong by the way I keep getting it wrong (laughs) I keep looking at this name to make sure I get it right so please forgive me Ray Eden Frank Ramsey County Public Health Deputy Director thank you so much for working on this for making sure that this uh, follows through I know you have a whole team working to get this done and it's done it is done I want to go see it just to see it you know Well, the
2: groundbreaking's done. You can go by. There's a sign that will show you a picture. If you go on our website um, and look for Enhancing Environmental Health Services, or actually if you just Google Ramsey County Environmental Service Center, we do have a video. We have a flyover so you can get a visual of what it's going to look like. Um, If you drive by the facility on 1700 Kent Street, Uh, there is now a sign that uh, shows what the facility will look like. And I really appreciate you taking the time and bringing um, energy and attention to this and highlighting uh, recycling and and environmental issues as well.
1: Well, it really matters. What you do really matters, Ray. Thank you.
2: Thank you. All right.
1: Take care of yourself.
2: All right. You too. Have a wonderful night. You too.
1: Finally, coming up next will be Jill Albergio. I'll finally get it in. Oh, it's so sad, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back in just a moment. It is now 8:24 here at WCCO. Welcome back. I have to um let Jonathan know something that I did not long ago. I took some um clothing to Uh-oh. Yeah, no, seriously, this is a good thing. I took some clothing to um a place where you can recycle it. You know, you can put it there and they'll go through the bins and they keep, you know, lots of people working in there. It's like a to see that many people and it's so organized. I was really surprised at that. Was
0: a goodwill. Was goodwill. It, okay, it was goodwill. goodwill.
1: Big yeah. goodwill. Yeah. And um, I have to tell you, I've never seen that before. And people are giving. They are giving of old clothes, shoes. You know, you name it for children. Oh my gosh, the hats that they had. I mean, warm hats. And to stand there and watch it happen. The the security guard that was in the space, and it's just a big open space with all of these bins. And he said to me, "I said to him, this is." Awesome. This is how it's done. He goes, Yeah, this is that. It's right here at this particular Goodwill. Yeah. And That's, I was and, impressed with that.
0: I mean, they have the, the facilities now where you, you can drive around, you can drive uh, up and drop them off, and you don't have to go inside of the store and, and that sort of thing. And so they have those big back rooms where they'll sort through things. Yeah. Um, I know that there are, there are two Goodwill facilities right near where I live. One is a smaller place, but then they got a bigger one. This is off of the the frontage road. Um, as you're going up, uh, let's. It's Cleve, uh Yeah, it's Cleveland. Um, technically, Cleveland Avenue. But if you're going up on 35, it's right before you hit County Road C mm. on 35W, and that is a pretty massive Goodwill facility. They got, I think, if, if memory serves right, they got like bays, like truck bays. Yeah, that the the bigger trucks can drive up to, can back into, and they just, you know, roll yeah. up the doors and pull in the stuff.
1: Yeah, well, the one I went to was straight out 81, you know.
0: Okay, yes.
1: It's just straight out 81, and it was really impressive, and I had a chance to talk to him and another person who came over and just started telling me about what they do and how they do it and how many people are engaged. It was impressive, no matter what was in the bin, and they they move it so quickly and put it into another bin you know I just and people come in and go yep I want that 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 and that and I'm going to give you this this and this and I brought in a bunch of stuff you know to donate so it's a beautiful I, thing
0: I need to do that I keep telling myself and I've got shirts especially uh more like shirts and and dress shirts and stuff like that that I don't use anymore I've got jeans and mm-hmm. and some pants that I don't use anymore I need to wash get just wash them make sure that they're laundered and then take them over. That's right. what I need to do, and I keep forgetting to do it. And so I need to get—I need to get on that before the end of the year.
1: I went to a thrift store recently too, and they had underwear for sale. Yeah, used underwear. Mm-hmm. And honestly, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to kid you. I stood there for a minute. I stood there and looked at it, and I said, "Okay, I, I mean, I, those are panties on that, yeah, know, on that I, hanger."
0: I say this. I don't want to 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 give that away, just because I think you know you've worn it for so many years and so many times, it just seems oh na- my God. it just seems nasty to me, but as long as they're laundered, as long as you wash them and continually wash them, they should be okay. They should be fine.
1: Well, some things are stained, and those stains don't come out no seriously
0: That's why I said wash them continuously
1: um, you know how much bleed do you need? I mean, really? So there are some things that I see at the thrift stores and I go to thrift stores and sometimes I see them and I go, wow, that's amazing. That scarf, you know, someone made, you can tell a grandmother or someone made that scarf and it felt really special. But when it comes to bras and panties and underwear for men and that sort of thing, I'm thinking to myself. "Uh, But it depends on
0: how 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 white do you want it? Do you want it eggshell white? Well, 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 do why you it, do you want, why you bring
1: up white why you bring up white for the color want, of, of draws do I mean, you want it white? blinding
0: white because usually that's they they're not called tidy reddies. they're called tidy whiteies. for a reason I have a
1: question for you that I can't ask <laughs> <laughs> called, I can't even ask
0: they're it. not called tidy greenies you know they're called tidy whiteies. so usually they are white
1: I don't usually see mostly white bras I see a lot of white bras, but you know i don't I don't see.
0: I'm not. No. I'm not going to touch the bra area because mm-hmm. that is not an area of my expertise. So well, that's
1: unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I said that. I have I'm to sorry, give you Jonathan, props. I have, I have
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> I give you props. I I swung the door wide open, and or I cracked the door a little bit. You kicked that door. I. I applaud you as props for a good (laughs) diss, as props.
1: I'm sorry, Jonathan. My goodness. Well, I do want to encourage everyone that if you have anything to take to thrift stores or, you know, to the Goodwill or any of those, please do. So many people need them. Please do. And then you can bring them home. Or wherever you are, if you're in a whole in an apartment building with um, washers and dryers, yes, just wash them again so that you feel comfortable with it. But for me, it's hard with underwear. That's a really difficult thing. But I I say hey to everyone that does that. God bless you for getting those those items out to the people who need them. That's for sure. Okay, so is it time for me to take a break at this moment? Okay, Jonathan. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. I am so excited about this hour, as you've been hearing, if you've been listening. I've been trying to get here. Um, it's, let me give you a little bit of information. As Native American Heritage Month continues, an exhibit over at the Minneapolis Institute of Art is celebrating the work of indigenous photographers. You can see in our hands through January 14th at the Museum. So again, it is called In Our Hands, through January 14th at the Museum. Now to go deeper into the exhibit, we welcome co-curator Jill Alberg-Yo on the show, and she joins us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Welcome, Jill. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here.
1: I have been waiting to get to this uh, conversation tonight. Um, So many of us have seen amazing pictures of Native Americans and not necessarily doing Native American Heritage Month, but we see more and more photographs and they are absolutely beautiful. I remember a time maybe 15 to 20 years ago. I've been here in Minnesota for about 46 years. And so let's just say half of that time, I used to always look around for more Native American wares and Native American pictures, but most of them were in black and white at that time. Knowing that you see them in color today is a really big deal, and it's spectacular, by the way. Tell us about how um, In Our Hands came to be.
3: Yes, well, it was a really um, incredible opportunity. We uh, had uh, our, we have a midday Wakantuan, a Shakopee midday Wakantuan Sioux Fellow um, at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, um, supported by SMSC. And she is great at Jada Gray Eagle. She is a noted photojournalist. Um, she was really interested in being a fellow at MIA. So she came to the museum and she asked, where are our holdings of Native photographers? Because we have this really great deep holdings of photography in our collection. And we had maybe five, just a handful. So we knew that we needed to do something about it. So Casey Riley, who's the curator of photography, Jada and me, we said, what's a better way to learn about the um, the field then to create an exhibition with a whole host of people.
1: That is remarkable. I can imagine how excited you all are. And I'm curious to know what you're hearing from people that are, because it's open right now, correct? I want to get that it right. It is. Yeah. So is. what are you hearing from those that are getting a chance to really see and try to understand exactly what um, these amazing photographs are. Is there someone there that is able to explain more?
3: Yes, we have wonderful hosts. We have uh, guides. Uh, We have an audio guide that you can um, take with hearing directly from the artists themselves. We have videos where we went in Canada and to the Southwest, where we interviewed many of the artists featured in the, the contemporary artists featured in the show. It's just, um, it's a really thoughtful, moving experience. And what we have been hearing is people wanting to come back Mm -hmm. saying, you know, it's so deep. They want to see it again.
1: Is this something that will be placed in a book that we can purchase?
3: Well, actually, it is placed um, in our hands, Native Photography, 1890 to Now. We have an accompanying cal- catalog with each of the works that are in the exhibition, and that is available at the Mia store.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. I love their store, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you hearing from people? I'm sure that you're getting a big response
3: yes it's been really wonderful to hear i think the primary importance for us as we created this for the native community members Mm -hmm. is what their responses are and we've heard wonderful we've gotten wonderful feedback Um, people saying thank you we are represented here we have these beautiful things for everybody to enjoy and for the general audiences we just hear that people really feel moved and kind of ask why didn't we know about all of these great photographers that have been doing good great work for you know a century are they travel
1: photographers they go all over the country
3: yeah, so in the show we have photographers from eight, from 1890 to the present day representing native people from up in the Arctic down to the Southwest on to the East Coast, the West Coast, um throughout time and place. Um so there's so many different native nations represented, there's so many different kinds of artistic Um, kinds of photography, there's snapshot, there's photojournalism, there's very conceptual works of art. So it just, it's just ranges.
1: The photographers, do they go out on the streets in the areas where there are uh, Native Americans, especially since it's uh, Heritage Month? So those photographers, are they going all over the cities to find more and more people uh, that maybe they have never um, been able to photograph?
3: yeah I mean, I think that um, it 's really beautiful to see so many emerging photographers that are um, have always been actually and you know this is one of the things that we 've learned so much is photograph native ph- native photographers have always existed and they 've been doing great work for over a century, um, but they haven 't been necessarily given. The representation in a place like um, a big art museum. Um, So this is the opportunity to see all of that great work and see all of the emerging artists that are going into their communities, going um, all around the world, actually, to document a whole variety of things.
1: Right. And I want to know a little bit more about the variety of the photographs. Um, Are you seeing that they're they're seeing the angst and pain as well as the beauty and love and joy uh, in these photographs?
3: That's exactly right. I mean, I think you said it really well. There's beauty, there's pain, there's truth that many of our non-Native visitors have you know, come into these exhibition spaces and said, "How did I not know about this? How did I not know about, you know, boarding school experience? How did I not know about the deep tragedy of wounded knee or, you know, um, so many the um, the conditions in which the ice is melting for the habitat of Inuit people? How did I how did I not know that? And there's this beauty, there's um, truth, there's Humor, oh, that's the other thing. The show is filled with humor, so it's it's like you said it's all it's a range of emotions a a range of historical moments um for everybody to come and think about and absorb
1: absorb that's the key um, mm-hmm. trying to absorb it has been very difficult for Americans overall, <clears throat> no matter what color we are. And trying to understand exactly what is being said in the photography, you know, in the photographs. I remember, um, going to, uh, Mia a while ago and you go into the Native American areas in the museum and you, you start to really look and try to figure out what is that feeling? What is it that I'm seeing? What is it that I'm feeling? I, I don't understand that. How do we learn what it truly means? There's so many of us that just don't know enough.
3: Yes. I mean, I think that one of the things that we do is we try to um, provide our visitors the layers um, for them to understand it it, in a visceral way, right? Like, I'm responding to this as a human being. I'm looking at at this image, and this is what is bringing up to me as a human. And then I want to learn more, so maybe I'm listening on the audio guide Directly from the artist, um, saying what 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 is being depicted, um, and why they chose to um, present this this image, and then every one of the images have uh, an extended label, so and that's written from our broad council, uh, as well as artists that provide our visitors uh, a glimpse into what the deeper meanings are.
1: Right, and those deeper meanings, meanings can, you know, actually morph into a different way of looking at it. It's just so beautiful what you do. And I'm curious to know, what does it mean when you say in our hands?
3: Great question. Well, I think it's um, it was meant to mean many different things. And I guess fundamentally what happens when a camera is in the hands of Native Photographers, You know, for so many years, um, especially at the late um, 19th, early 20th century, there were non-Native people depicting um, Native people that kind of presented Native people stuck in time. People like Edward Curtis that had a lot of uh, consequences, uh, far-reaching consequences um, for the American imagination of what Native people are. So what happens if you turn that around and you have a show that is created not only in the hands of the photographers, but one thing that we did at MIA is the, cre- the show was itself created in the hands of our curatorial council of 14 amazing Native legends in the field who have dedicated their lives to this and helped us create this show. Um, from the ground
1: up. It's remarkable. I see, um, you know, Native Americans. I was in uh, Aiken County recently, and uh, it's just so beautiful to see you, to see who you are, to see um, how you are um, and how you move um, and be who you are as an, a Native American. And finally, it feels as though um, when we hear more and more stories that people are actually paying attention, and they want to learn more. Many Minnesotans want to learn more. I know I do. I have Choctaw in my blood, you know, and I tell as many people as I can, yeah, I got some Choctaw in me. I'm so excited about Mm -hmm. that. Um, And so it's a beautiful thing when people really get the understanding. They have the insight to be able to understand exactly what it means when you say, in our hands. Mm -hmm. And it just moves me. I just want you to know when I saw that Mm -hmm. and read that, I just thought, oh, my gosh, that's it in our hands. Um, And and hopefully we will see others that will understand it because we have a a challenge here in the state of Minnesota with many people who say, I'm not quite sure what that means. Do I need to know what that means? Yes, we need to know. Just like people Mm -hmm. need to know about who I am, just like they need to know Mm -hmm. about who you are. That's important.
3: I agree, and I think that art is a wonderful opportunity to have those kinds of conversations. Um, it's a it's a way into understanding things at a deeper level, at a human level, at a truthful level. Um, that a lot, people's a lot of times people's hearts and minds are more open um, when they're looking at a beautiful. Um, beautiful depiction of something. And so I think that that might be something that is a great strength about this exhibition.
2: Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. What you do really matters. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Jill Albergio, what a pleasure. I'm so grateful to have you on tonight. Thank you.
3: All right, take care of yourself.
1: And people can go over and still see it, right? Just want to make sure of that.
3: Yes, awesome. until January 14th.: All
1: right, at mini, at Mia, so don't miss it. All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Love this song. I have no idea what it's about.: <laughs> You ever do that, Jonathan? Find a song and it sounds great and you really don't know what it's about.
0: Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, well yes. there you go.
1: There you go. <laughs> do you ever go to the museums?
0: I don't. I need to, to get out to them um, and see a lot of these exhibits that are, you know, they, they highlight the, the things that you would never usually see, whether whether you're around them or not. So what I mean by that is you could live in a city. But then you have an art exhibit that that maybe looks at city life or cityscapes in a completely different way than you see it in your everyday life. Right. Or you get to see different cultures. You get to see different um, lifestyles, ways of life. It's a great canvas. Again, kind of pun intended, pun not. Um, It's a great canvas to see what life offers for everybody else that you maybe not don't interact with on a regular basis.
1: I am very grateful for museums. Museums give us history, right? Now, some people complain and say, wait a minute, you know, I've read books where that wasn't necessarily true, that sort of thing. You know, there are people who really look at these books and they study and they read and they try to look back and find the the mistakes, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and what's remarkable is that we're still learning. We're still learning. We're learning about each other. We're learning about tribes. We're learning about us ourselves and who we are and where we're from, all of that is happening at the same time. And it is not easy to deal with it. Sometimes I know with me having Native American in me, I'm very happy and proud of that. Very happy.
0: I'll say it this way. I'll try to summarize it this way. Museums give you the ability to learn on your own time. So you're not in a classroom setting. You're not You you don't have 40 minutes a day to go over material and learn new material. You can go to a museum, see an exhibit, learn about whatever the exhibit is trying to teach on your own time, and then it's up to you to make the choice, hey, I want to learn more about that. I think that's a great thing about museums, a great quality.
1: Well, the one thing about um, some of the exhibits, a lot of the exhibits – you don't quite understand them, but they move you in some way. And that's why I love going to the museums. And it's not just about learning. It's also about healing. I remember I had a very hard time in my life, and I, I had to go to the museum. I went to Mia, and I just wanted to see a certain painting that I fell in love with. And you would walk up to it in this long corridor. You would walk up to the picture, the painting. And this was an old painting of fruit. And, you know, at first you're walking up to it and it looks like fresh grapes and just fresh fruit. And, you know, you're walking towards it and you're smiling, right? I would smile until I realized when I got right up on it, everything was rotten and seething with bugs. And I started weeping because I knew at that moment I had a healing moment just to be able to walk towards that beautiful fruit and realize that it's awful told me a whole new story about myself and what I had been going through. And I could see it from the eyes of art. So I want people, especially those tonight, to And that's listen. what
0: I'm saying. You learn it in your own way in on your own pace. Art speaks to us in different ways. It spoke to you differently than the next person that saw it, than the next person that saw it. That's the beauty of a museum and the art that's in it.
1: And the art that's in it. There you go. My goodness. We have really um, walked all over <laughs> when it comes to the type of topics that we've had tonight. And thank you so much for sticking with us. My two producers are Jonathan Lowe as well as Chris Tubbs. Thank you, Chris, for what you've done as well. Coming up, we're going to uh, actually start with Center Stage. will be our next um, time that you will hear us at 9.08 or so. So stick and stay with us. It's what, it, it's what I love to do is right here, be here with you. So thank you.